Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast, brought to you in part by Book of Zen, makers of inspirational fashion and gift ideas. Today's podcast has been edited and adapted from The Wonders of Life by Ida Luella Reddinghouse Lyon, published in 1866. Life holds for everyone some different meaning. Out of its great storehouse of treasures, every person endeavors to secure that which, for them, means happiness. Many people early give up the struggle to acquire more than they find necessary for a mere existence, and never penetrate far into the mysterious labyrinths of this wonderful storehouse. Others waste their energies in accumulating a variety of tawdry trappings, which in no way represent happiness, but whose glittering spectacle blinds them to the less glaring things of real worth. Some have access to secret chambers, where power and riches wait for those who hold the key. Some are beaten down and perish miserably in the senseless struggle to secure some coveted object that is not worth the effort. Others die in an attempt to gain something of inestimable value, but their efforts attract the attention of others to that which they were striving for, and where they failed, their followers succeed. Those individuals who died have thus not labored in vain, for though they did not live to drag from their hiding places the treasures which they sought, they knew of their existence and gave them to the world. So often we are laying up treasures, not for ourselves, but for those who come after us. If we only labored for ourselves, in the fragment of eternity which our lives represent, there would be little incentive for effort. We most fully live when we are most fully conscious that we are an ever-changing expression of universal power, that we are necessary factors in this great universe and can no more separate ourselves from it than the number two can cease to become a factor of any even number. In working for posterity, we are working for ourselves. In bringing forth hidden treasures to beautify and enrich the world, we are making it a happier dwelling place for everyone. And we, as an indestructible element in nature, shall reap as we have sown, and share with posterity the fruits of our efforts. For we all are linked together by bonds which, though invisible, are as strong as they are mysterious, and enduring as eternity. Oh, the wonders of life's storehouse! What myriads of passages remain unexplored! What dungeons imprisoning terrible secrets that were better never unearthed! What steep and forbidding stairways which the faint-hearted never climb, but which repay the patient explorer who ascends them by leading them to chambers filled with the rarest treasures. It is a grand privilege to share in life's rich possessions, to receive the invitation, Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Why then, with all this wealth at our command, are we so ill-supplied with the mental and material possessions which is our right and privilege to claim? The answer is easily given. 
we do not know how to use the powers in our possession, or knowing them do not apply the knowledge. The world is awakening to the reality of these hidden powers, but it is still rubbing its eyes and wondering if it is not a dream after all. We are slowly realizing that the material world is a visible expression of the mental world in which we really live, and in which our greatest powers of achievement lie. We cannot attract happiness by going about with downcast looks and aching hearts, hugging our griefs and dwelling upon them from a mistaken sense of duty. On the contrary, if we look fate squarely and fearlessly in the face, and laugh at the frowning look she bends upon us, we shall have her laughing back at us, for a happy person radiates happiness, which returns with interest. Do not forget that happiness will go a long way out of its road to steer clear of a dismal countenance. So if we would be happy, we must simply feel happy, no matter how dismal the outlook. If we can say with calm assurance, it is well with my soul, and hold persistently to that feeling, our troubles will vanish before it. It is folly to think that the happiness of our lives is past, and to linger regretfully in the flowery byways of the past. If we look forward with hopeful hearts, we shall find as we progress undreamed of joys and marvelous manifestations of a power which ever leads the willing follower into paths where new delights await them. One should never grow too old or too unfortunate to have friends to love and to keep in touch with the world in which we live. While our consciousness is expanding into a wider comprehension of the hidden powers of the universe, we are not getting away from materialism. We are taking materialism with us into this realm of subtle power. For there is nothing more mysterious than the material part of the universe, itself a manifestation of active energy of inconceivable power. Our soul powers are not more mysterious and awe-inspiring than our bodies, those marvelous instruments upon which external forces are constantly acting. Life offers us grand opportunities in giving us these wonderful mental and physical powers, though most of us don't know what to do with them. But, as we learn to walk by walking, in spite of the bumps and tumbles, so we learn to live by living, and are, by slow degrees, mastering the art of using the powers in our possession, and there is no more fascinating art, or one more worthy of cultivation. The proper study of humankind is ourselves, but when we begin to study ourselves we find that we must reach out far beyond that which we had considered ourselves to be, that we are not merely a soul and a body bound together for a time, but an ever-changing expression of universal power. Life should be to us nothing less than joy, not a feverish, frothy imitation, but the real, sparkling, soul-stirring joy that sinks down to the depths of our being and carries us beyond the narrow limitations of our outward lives into the immensity and grandeur of the universal life. I think that there can be no one, however miserably situated, who has not, at some time, 
felt the force of this feeling of joy in merely living. But instead of holding on to it as long as possible, and recalling it again and again, this feeling is too often viewed as a fleeting manifestation. It is thus quickly supplanted by the habitual feelings associated with our various experiences, and these are, too often, feelings of want, bitterness, and soul hunger. I do not mean that we should live in a fool's paradise of absurdly ecstatic and abnormal emotions, or that we should hold constantly to one feeling. That would not be possible or even desirable. But I do mean that the feeling which dominates within us should be one of joy and thankfulness for the privilege of possessing this wonderful conscious existence. There are those whose consciousness is such as to make unconsciousness preferable. How can they rejoice in the possession of such consciousness? Cold, hungry, unloved, untaught, and apparently caught in a net of adverse circumstances from which it is impossible to extricate themselves. Every normal human being has within themselves certain powers which enable them to rise out of any condition into any condition. They may not know how to use these powers, but they have them. There are many instances in which this has been illustrated and where seemingly impossible changes have taken place to lift the unfortunate individuals out of their unhappy conditions into those which were all their imaginations could have pictured. This is usually attributed to chance or luck in most cases, but even what seems to just happen is in fact the result of some action of forces according to these fixed laws, whether that action is understood or not. It is our ignorance of the marvelous mechanism of our bodies and the action of the forces which we represent and control that chains us to unhappy conditions. The power of feeling has never been recognized in its true character or given its true place in our lives. Tortures have been inflicted upon us. Fear has been held over us through all the ages. And the gospel of suffering now to ensure happiness after death has been preached until the natural feeling of joy in life has been stifled and beaten down. But feeling is a power which is just beginning to be understood, and we are learning at last that there is nothing good or beneficial in misery, that it is, on the contrary, a sin to be miserable and a virtue to be happy, instead of the reverse. This great power which we represent is threefold, with the will, intellect, and feeling, each being given a voice in controlling our affairs. It is useless to will that our conditions shall be what we desire, unless we think and feel that it is so. When we have trained ourselves to do this, we shall experience the joy of living. If our thoughts and feelings are rebellious, if we look upon life as a burden and our bodies as troublesome encumbrances, enslaving us to furnish them their necessary requirements, the will only exhausts the nervous system in the vain endeavor to do alone what thought and feeling should be assisting to do instead of opposing. We must rise above undesirable conditions inwardly before we can do so outwardly. 
we must so train our thoughts and feelings that they will not tolerate a consciousness of anything but happy conditions. We must cut the acquaintance of despondency, irritation, and dissatisfaction, and welcome, with all the power of mind and feeling, the joy of living, before we can attract to ourselves happy conditions. We must get in touch with our marvelously strong inner forces to such an extent that all petty annoyances and uncongenial surroundings become of no importance except to furnish us with an opportunity to try our powers. We cannot expect to be strong on the outside until we are strong on the inside, and we cannot be strong on the inside while we permit spite, jealousy, unkindness, or trouble to mar the joy of living which is our right, and which once firmly rooted in our hearts is a power which nothing can overcome. We must not put off being happy until things shall be as we desire them to be. We must begin right now and be happy, and keep on being happy in spite of everything, while doing all that we know how to do to bring about desired conditions. We do not have to wait long before we notice changes for the better, when we earnestly set about feeding the flame of joy in our hearts. Of the people we know who are miserable and dissatisfied, a very large majority are making all their trouble by allowing their thoughts and feelings to dwell upon and magnify their problems. It is not what the people about us do or say or think that makes or mars our happiness. It is what we are in our inner lives. When we have formed a habit of thinking and feeling that everything is working together for the good, so that we hold that state of consciousness without effort, the flame of joy will burn so brightly in our hearts that nothing can dim the splendid radiance which it throws over our lives. We must not permit a single hard or bitter thought to remain with us. If we cannot rise ourselves above unkind feelings, we have not yet the power we need to go on to greater things. We must begin at the beginning, and the beginning is the right mental attitude. All the annoying things others may do and say must roll from our consciousness as water from a good roof. Not one drop must penetrate to mar the harmony of our inner lives. Remember this, it is not the best general who does the most fighting. When our attention is fixed upon happy conditions, petty annoyances and overwhelming griefs are alike powerless to drag us down into the mire of despondency. It is a mistake to suppose that the road to happiness is a rough and thorny way, as we have been taught to believe. We mold our lives as we mold our thoughts, and nature's seeming injustice to us is our own ignorance of her laws. We get not so much what we deserve as what we claim of that which nature holds in store for us, and the secret of happiness lies in knowing how to claim that which is our own. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. For free transcripts of our podcast, please go to livinghour.org. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. 
which will ensure that we can continue our podcast for years to come. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Simply do a quick search for the Inspirational Living Podcast at patreon.com to find our Patreon page and learn more, including the free gifts we offer to every patron. Subscribe to our free podcast today at the iTunes Store, or at Google Play, or at Stitcher.com. Thank you for listening. We look forward to being with you next time.